Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast series, Sign Up for the Future, designed to inform students and young professionals about the many career pathways within the data science field. My name is Ayat, and I am your host today. As the whole world is currently facing the COVID-19 pandemic, it is evident that data scientists are at the forefront of communication, bringing information on important statistics and disease outcomes to the scientific community, as well as to the general public. Through our podcast episodes, we aim to bring data science professionals such as epidemiologists, research scientists and innovators, biostaticians, science communicators, and policymakers to speak about their careers, which have certainly had a huge impact in fighting the pandemic. The show is produced by Careers Infinite and sponsored by the Rising Youth Grant, administered by Taking It Global, the Government of Canada, and Canada Service Corps. Today, for our fourth episode, we are joined by Curtis Kim. Curtis is a graduate of British Columbia's Institute of Technology from the Computer Science Technology Program and holds a bachelor's degree in engineering from South Korea. Nowadays, he works for a Vancouver software company as a computer software engineer, carrying out full stack responsibilities. At the start of the pandemic, Curtis created several web applications to track COVID-19 data and provide the public with detailed information about the cases, particularly within Canada and the United States. Initially, he dedicated 48 hours straight to developing the platform from scratch, and then many countless hours to source ways for people to have a greater awareness of this worldwide health issue. In the last nine months, with a lot of media coverage in Canada and Korea, the site has provided valuable and up-to-date information to millions of viewers. Thank you for joining us today, Curtis. To begin, tell us about what got you interested in data science and how you became a computer software engineer working within this field. Sure, absolutely. First, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So as you mentioned earlier, I studied engineering at Inha University from South Korea. And as a normal student, after finishing my university, I was thinking more seriously about my future career because I was more into the music industry than the engineering industry while in uh, the university. But luckily, around the time, I got an opportunity to work as a QA in the IT industry in New Jersey. It was one year internship program. And right after that, I got another opportunity to work as a teaching assistant at a data science school in Seoul, which was a four month intense program learning about statistics and some coding skill like Python for data science. It is well known as a data science bootcamp nowadays. So like some years ago, data science, machine learning, deep learning, AI, those kind of keywords came around and it was so popular that a lot of education programs came out and the same thing was happening in South Korea as well. The data science this field was one of the most coolest and attractive field. So why not? I, I really wanted to have a cool profession. Since then, with these experiences, I really had uh, realized that I have some passion and interest in the combination area between computer software engineering and data science, which is I wanted to have more formal education in computer science and also wanted to challenge myself really push myself. And so that is why I decided to move to Canada and fell into this profession. Oh, well, that's actually a really interesting pathway from where you started to where you ended up. And I, I have enjoyed navigating your COVID-19 tracking website, and I would actually love to learn more about it. For example, your motivation behind establishing the website and the workflow involved in getting it up and running. 
Sure. As far as the workflow goes, it started back in January 2020 when I was noticing that the first few confirmed cases of disinfection COVID-19 in South Korea and the United States. I remember it was January 20th and also shortly afterward in Canada, January 25th. I remember this because around the time my parents were were visiting from South Korea and the situation in Korea was really, really bad and was becoming more serious. So I wanted to convince them to stay here longer than returning so soon. So I was kind of very addicted to researching and collecting all the data and numbers and put it into my own Google table. Unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of available, easy to accessible data set online at the beginning of the pandemic. So I had to open like five or six different browsers to understand and see overall situation around my community in Canada. It was it was very time consuming process. So I was pretty sure that I wasn't the only one who felt this difficulty. So that is why I started this project and spent 48 hours straight to build the whole whole structure. So I didn't sleep at all during the development process. So that is how I got all started. From there, how were you able to take all that different data and display it on your website? Was there any technique that you used to do so? Yeah, so when it comes to the data resources, at the beginning of the stage, I used the public data from Johns Hopkins and WHO and some government websites around the world. In order to collect the data, I created some backend and backend server to to do the data collection job and some validation work. But it was kind of difficult to make it up-to-date data because of the lack of resources at the the initial stage. And some resources were constantly changing. So I spent a lot of time in front of my computer. But nowadays, there are so many reliable data sets for anyone. It's the public data. So I collect all the data set automatically from various resources and I have more data validation logic on my backend side. So I, it is updating every 20 minutes and I think it's, it's reliable. It's mostly self-sufficient. So I don't have to do a lot of maintenance. And you're covering mainly Canadian data per province and the US overall, or is it per state? Uh, is per state, yeah. And for these provinces and states, you can get the overall number of cases, deaths, and testing rates. And for Canada, mm-hmm. I saw that you recently updated the website to include the vaccination data as well. Yeah, recently I add the vaccination data. So it, it's as the time the changes and as the information changes, this pandemic changes. So I put some necessary data. So, yep. And the website is very dynamic. So, for example, you can go to the Ontario section of the website, and over there, the data is broken down into different sections and graphs for you. For example, the rate of infection, the testing rates, and the vaccination status. So a lot of people can go and get a quick and up-to-date view of what's happening in Canada and in the United States just by visiting the website, which I like a lot. Thank you. Thank you for using my web application. (laughs) You're welcome. I actually found it. When I was trying to keep track of COVID way back, I think it was in April, May, and I saw your website and I've been following it since then. And it's very interactive. Thank you. <laughs> so how would you rate the importance of data science, do you think, in this day and age, especially now with the COVID-19 pandemic? 
Well, I think it, it is very important. COVID-19 situation is a good example of how important the information is literally to survive. In the relevant to COVID-19 situation, without data science, we wouldn't be able to find out what the trend is, how the situation is going, how fast this virus is spreading, or even like what the relationship between wearing a mask and the trend of the virus. So all the information is provided from the stats, which is one of the part of the data science. I think it is not complex. It, it can be applied it to everywhere. So I believe that uh, we are able to have better control of what is happening in the context of the COVID-19 situation. So with this data science skill, we can give the information to people in a very communicated way. So I think it's very clear communication, the data science itself. So in the context of the COVID-19, it is, it is very, very important, but everywhere it is vital to everyday life. It's clear that everything now is data-driven and all the decisions we are making with regards to COVID is based on the data we collect. For example, through testing and contact tracing. Yeah, exactly. And for students who are interested in transitioning to this data science field, do you have any advice for where or how they should begin? Yes, definitely. Mm, this is my personal opinion. You know, I'm, I'm not an expert in data science, but I'm a soft, software engineer with strong interest and passion in data science is something that I have uh, always been interested in. So I became interested in computer science and data science from my previous experience and throughout my schooling. And the most important thing was, you know, I was able to apply it to a practical purpose by doing my personal projects. So I think the main thing that I would recommend for anyone wanting to explore this, just give it a try and learn some basic skill. I think that the, there are so many resources and courses online and that you can gain its knowledge and get a qualification in the skill set. So it doesn't need to be formal education at the beginning of the stage where you actually discover your interest and passion. So there are so many data science computer science bootcamp programs for a short term, like 10 or 12 weeks. So even there are nano degree programs online, which is like my, I myself am very interested in. So what I would tell them, just go and try it out and see if you like it. And are there any specific skills you think they need? Well, I think they need some sort of like basic mathematics skill or at least you have to you know, have some interest in the computer, like computer, not a computer language, because language is, is really diverse. There are so many languages. So at least you know some, at least you like the computer or some numbers like mathematics skill. Because I, I feel like I will always, you know, have an interest in the, the mathematics. So it, it, it is a good thing if you interest in the math and statistics or computer engineering where it doesn't need to be very deep skill, but mm -hmm. yeah, at least you have some interest in this field. Ah, so all you need is a little bit of math, a little bit of computer programming, a lot of interest. Yeah, a lot of interest and a little bit, little bit of it, the interest in the mathematics. 
And that should be sufficient for them to start doing all of these, like you mentioned, these online programs to sort of get familiar with the field. Yeah. And this is my next question, because I know I saw that you are familiar with a variety of coding and programming languages. Mm-hmm. And following from our previous questions, are there any specific coding or programming languages you recommend students to start with first, especially for those that do not have prior knowledge in this field or just very minimal knowledge? Sure. Uh... Yeah, this is a really good question related to the uh, the previous question. So yeah, my friends or you know some people who who I come across that they always asking me about this question, the same question: where where should I start and where should I learn and like how do I how, how do I start? Like even if I don't have any knowledge, I don't have like zero base in computer engineering. So I always say just create your personal website for fun you know it doesn't need to be you know very fancy a lot of animation it could be a simple like one page resume like it's a word document just one page document and you know there are a lot of the the resources and contents and i think it is the best way to learn the system and coding skill even like you can check your preference so as a result of it you will get your own personal website so you put your effort and get rewards for it so you go to youtube and other online education platform there are so much information about this and how to start building your personal website from scratch so the most important thing is from scratch not using pre-built services unless you want to learn about the coding skill so this is totally okay even you don't understand the whole thing at the first try, but just follow and follow their guide and actually do type it whatever they do. And I'm pretty sure later on you will get like whole picture of the project. And next time you might want to challenge it by adding more stuff, more more animation and more page. And yeah, that's so what I would tell them is just to try to build your simple static website. And that will be a great start. So to build a website, the coding languages you would need would be HTML and CSS, at least for a static website, correct? So uh, the HTML and CSS for the static website. And if you want some like animations and probably JavaScript. So so HTML and CSS is pretty sure is not that difficult for beginner. So just try to build static website with HTML and CSS. And then if you wanted to challenge or if you wanted to to learn further and learn JavaScript and putting more like fancy animation stuff on that page, then yeah, it doesn't take too long, I believe. Would you recommend people first start with WordPress and learn some of the basic HTML and CSS behind it? Or do you recommend they completely start from scratch? I recommend from scratch completely because WordPress is something there. There, I'm not an expert in WordPress, but I think it's more like there are so many stuff pre-built in their system. So it is something like add-on stuff from from service from their end, not a build some function or something on your own. So I would recommend using like from scratch. It, it doesn't need to be like live website, just you can learn your 
website locally. Just Google how to do it. Follow along. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of resources online. And I've seen online that there are a lot of people interested in learning Python. Would you recommend Python for beginners to learn? Hmm. For beginner, Python might be difficult, I think. But the Python is really good language. You can use the Python for building the website because Python can be dealt with the front end and back end. And also it is good for data analysis. So I used the Python for data analysis when I was working in the data science school and I improved the Python skill. When I built something, I didn't use the Python. I most, mostly used the JavaScript. So I think the JavaScript and HTML, CSS is the most common language for beginner. So then for the really beginner beginners, they can start with HTML, CSS, and then Java, usually through a website. Mm-hmm. And those that want to go more advanced and go towards data analytics, you suggest they go and maybe learn Python. Python and R, yeah. Sounds great. So good advice for you guys, for those who are listening. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've tried. I, I accidentally jumped to Python first. Oh, yeah. How did you feel? Big mistake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, yep. but for someone with zero background, mm-hmm. it was a little bit hard. So I downgraded to SQL for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I learned a little bit of intro to HTML and CSS. It seems a lot more manageable and easier to start from that route. Yeah, at least they need to be familiar with the, all the stuff because there is so many like weird grammar script, you know? So at least they have to be familiar with the system and then they can jump on to another skill learning like fundamental language like Java or C, C++ or yeah, or just go to like a high, high level language like the Python. So there's a process you recommend they should follow instead of just jumping randomly to different coding programs. Yeah. What are your future goals in this field? And do you have any further plans in mind for your web applications? Well, as for my web application, last year, shortly after building the COVID-19 Tracker Canada version, I decided to create another one for, for the U.S. So as you can see, the spread of the virus was very serious in, in the United States, and it has a direct impact to Canada. So I thought it was really important to provide user with this information. So I completed after Canada version last year. So as you know, I think it's going to be an ongoing process as this pandemic changes and as the situation changes. So whatever it needs to be done based on the situation, like a vaccination data. So I will make the necessary changes so that everyone can get most accurate and up-to-date information to understand this situation. And as for my career, uh, my plan is building more experience in, in the computer software industry as a software engineer. And then I, I'm thinking of changing to be a big data engineer, which is an intersection area between computer engineer and data science. I believe with a strong background in soft, software engineering, the big data engineer is one of the one of the cool profession I can go. So yeah, of course I need to study more 
for this. So this will be my next plan. I'm, I'm really excited to explore this field more. Sounds like a great plan. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today and sharing very useful insights. No problem. For our listeners, definitely check out his website that he just mentioned earlier, which can be found at www.covid-19canada.com. Be sure to tune in to our next podcast episode to continue to learn about data science careers. Check out careersinfinite.com to find links to all of the episodes of this podcast series. Sign up for the future. Or subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. A big thank you to our sponsors, Taking It Global, the Government of Canada, and Canada Service Corps for supporting our project. Thank you all for listening.